Hey, what's up? It's Jared. Welcome to the Ditch Auto Podcast, the brand new Ditch Auto Podcast. I did a podcast in the past, but it was a little different. We are going to be talking today about the Sony A7 III and how it's held up over the last two years. That's right. The camera is about two years old. It was originally announced in February of 2018. It is just about February of 2020. And of course, we were able to get our hands on the camera not too far after that. Now, I've been using this camera basically nonstop for the last two years. I've got it in my hand right now. Um, I did a video just recently and put that up on the YouTube channel. So if you'd rather watch me while I talk, <laughs> then you can, of course, check that out and, uh, and watch along on the YouTube channel. But I thought that I would do a podcast episode because it's often that I like to have these discussions that kind of feel like talk and shop with my camera friends. And some people on YouTube like that. And other people would rather just listen and in this podcast format, which I totally get. And so I'm testing out something new here. And I appreciate any feedback that you have for me. You can definitely let me know by sharing your thoughts, go to social media and hit us up ditch underscore auto. Or of course, you can go to ditchauto.com and send me a message through there. So the Sony a7 III, it is a fantastic performer for the price. It is priced right along with the Nikon Z6 and the Canon EOS R. Both of those cameras I have gotten to spend a lot of time with over this last year in 2019. I still have a Nikon Z6 and often shoot with it, but the Sony a7 III is just where I go every time when I need something that I, I am familiar with, that I know is going to get the job done. And of course, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I like about it and a few things that I dislike about it and why I might choose one of those other cameras over the Sony a7 III in this episode. So the price is just right. I mean, you're getting so much for the price in this camera. Sony has just packed in so many benefits, especially if you are a hybrid shooter that shoots both photo and video. It just offers more than the competition when it comes to all of the little additional things that I'll kind of get into and talk a little bit about throughout this episode. And I would argue that it's the best camera in its class right now. Now, of course, there is rumor that there will be an a7 IV released pretty soon, and it totally makes sense because the a7R4 has already been announced, and I've had some time to spend with that camera as well. And by now, we should probably, within the next month or so, hear about an a7IV, uh, unless Sony feels that they could put it off for a little while. The numbering system that Sony has had with their a7 line has definitely gotten a little confusing considering we still don't even have an a7s3 so let's talk about the things that i like about the camera i mean low light performance is definitely a huge one and it's one of the reasons that i came to sony in the first place a little over six years ago so i bought an a7s because i needed that low light performance i was shooting a lot of weddings and my canon just was not cutting it at the time 
So it was my first true mirrorless camera was the A7S. And after I spent some time with that camera, it was just a matter of time before I switched. And the A7 III is an excellent performer when it comes to low light. You have that low light performance, both with the autofocus and just in overall uh, usability of your images. They're going to be a lot more clear because you can get that ISO up a lot higher. That sensor is super sensitive and gives you great usable images, even at that higher ISO uh, that normally you wouldn't dare go near with other cameras. So the autofocus and low light is also fantastic. That was something that I had struggles with with other cameras in lower light situations. You push down that shutter button or you use your back button focus and you try to achieve focus on your subject or whatever it is that you're trying to attain focus on and the camera just can't find that subject. You might be able to see it through the viewfinder or the EVF, but the camera just couldn't figure it out. But the Sony a7 III handles business all the time. I never have issues with it achieving autofocus. Uh, Of course, you can get complete darkness and then you're going to have problems with any camera. But in lower light situations, the Sony a7 III delivers all the time. Now, just autofocus in general, there have been some real awesome things that took place with the a7 III. Of course, eye autofocus was pretty much introduced and implemented with this camera. And it's what a lot of people talk about. I don't really rely on eye autofocus. I've been very verbal about this in a lot of the videos that I've put out. And I share my opinions about this. And a lot of professional photographers agree with me and will say, yeah, I don't trust those features either. And then a lot of others will balk at me and give me a hard time about it. For me, the eye autofocus is really cool technology, and in perfect situations, it will work every single time. But I don't shoot in perfect situations. I'm shooting out in the field, I'm shooting events and different things, and lots of stuff is going on, and I can't control those environments. And so when it comes to the eye autofocus, focusing on the wrong thing and getting maybe somebody in the background or whatever out of, uh, and the image just ends up out of focus, that's a ruined opportunity for me that I can't replicate because I'm usually shooting out in uh, live environments and stuff like that. So I take advantage of using like the single point autofocus and I put that autofocus point wherever I want autofocus to be achieved. And if I put that point where I want it to be, the camera achieves autofocus every time. I don't have to worry about losing shots. If I lose a shot, it's because I messed up. I didn't have the autofocus point in the right spot or something like that, which is very rare. So the camera delivers every single time with autofocus. And that's super, super important for those of us that are shooting live events, weddings, stuff like that, that are uh, just moments that can't be repeated. So I'm a hybrid shooter. I shoot video. I shoot a lot of video. Uh, Most of the videos that I shoot on the YouTube channel are shot with the a7 III because it shoots beautiful 4K video. I mean, people comment all the time, what did you use to film this? It looks great. I use a simple setup. I use the camera. I use a little monitor so I can see what I'm doing. And then I use window light most of the time. I don't spend a bunch of time lighting things. I don't get carried away. I love the aspect of lighting and just the aesthetics of being able to kind of control your light, but I don't have the time. I want to get video content out to all of you and share thoughts and share products and just how things have worked for me in the field 
field through my professional work. And if I had to put this perfect set together and light it perfectly every single time, I would never get any videos out. I just, I just don't have that extra time between working uh, and doing photography and just producing some videos for, uh, for the YouTubes. So I definitely really enjoy the amazing quality that I get out of this camera and uh, utilizing window light and just bringing the ISO up a little bit definitely still produces beautiful usable images uh, in video. But the image quality when taking photos is awesome as well. I traveled a lot last summer with my family. We traveled for two months all over the uh, western, northern portion of the United States. And I shot a ton of photos and uh, also did a couple of jobs along the way. But the a7 III has been my go-to, whether I'm shooting a wedding or portraits or real estate or a conference or some sort of live event. When I was at CES in Las Vegas uh, earlier in January, I was shooting everything with my a7 III, both photo and video. And it's just an amazing camera that can do so much. And the image quality is great, even in these lighting situations that are super uncontrollable, like CES was just a total light spill. I mean, different color lights coming from every direction, TVs, big screens, all sorts of stuff just all over the place. And the image quality was just great regardless. So the IBIS is also something that I just love about the camera. The internal body stabilization is something that I can't go without. Like I said, I'm a hybrid shooter and I don't always want to carry around a tripod or a monopod. I don't want to have to be locked into a gimbal all the time because those things are going to impede my ability to shoot photos. Uh, of course, they're going to help out with steady video, but with the internal body stabilization, I'm just able to get fantastic still video shots that don't have a bunch of shake or issues with them because the body has that stabilization. And if I'm shooting with a lens that I can pair up that has some stabilization in it, I have the best of both worlds and I get even better quality video out of that. Another thing is the dual card slots. Of course, uh, people brought up the fact that one of them is a UHS-1 and one of them is a UHS-2. So they're not both fast card slots, but dual card slots are still more than the competitors have to offer where they're only giving single card slots. And uh, of course, you know, those are SD cards. And some people even say, why aren't they something faster like XQD? But dual card slots are great. It means that I can have two SD cards in there creating backups uh, of everything as it's being shot or just doubling the capacity based on the type of SD cards that I have. You also just can't beat the price on this camera. I preferred to have this camera over having something like the A7R three at the time because the A7R three, though it was a fantastic camera, didn't offer as much for me as far as video shooting goes. So I opted to go with the cheaper camera that produced fantastic images, but also gave me better uh, 4K in the different ways that I needed to utilize it. So what don't I like about the camera? Well, I mean, there are a few little things, but they're not that big 
big of a deal in the grand scheme of it all. Of course, I do wish that there was a full articulating screen that flipped up all the way, like on the A6400 or the A6600, but I'm not going to argue too much about it. I can use an external monitor, and the external monitor can help. But in those instances where I want to grab quick shots, that definitely helps me frame the shots up, and I miss having that when I'm not using my smaller cameras. So that is kind of an issue. Of course, the port doors are something that have bothered me since uh, prior to this version, and I know they've updated them on the A7R4 and the A92, but uh, definitely on the A7 III, the port doors are kind of annoying. The rest of the camera, though, is pretty great. I, I do like the ergonomics of the camera. I love the battery that they implemented, uh, of course, with the A7R3 that they brought to the A7 III. I do wish that the buttons were a little bit more pronounced, and I know that this is something that they updated and are probably going to bring to the A7 IV, is buttons that are a little easier to feel for. Of course, the buttons are a little small, and uh, they're not that hard to use, but I definitely like the feel of the buttons on the a 7R4, so I hope they bring it to the A7 IV. So, some closing thoughts about this camera. I mean, you really can't go wrong with this camera. Of course, if you're switching from another platform, you're going to have to consider either uh, using the lenses that you have and adapting them to your A7 III, which has shown to actually work pretty good. It's not perfect. Obviously, using native glass that was created for the E mount or the uh, F E mount here is definitely going to be a bit better better, but you can utilize those lenses that you already have, and that technology has just gotten so good over the last several years. So if you are considering getting a camera, and this is the time of year that you're thinking about buying one, you may actually want to hold on and see what the A7 IV is going to offer as soon as it's announced. I would assume that they're probably going to announce it sometime in February. And since that's only a month away, you definitely want to wait. Uh, and then, of course, there will probably be a price drop on the A7 III that will save you a little bit of money as well. But if you need something right away and you want to spend a decent decent amount of money, but not too much. The a7 III is probably still unmatched. I mean, the other cameras that are out there are great. And if you already have lenses for those platforms, that might be something to consider. But most people that haven't ventured into mirrorless yet have DSLR lenses, whether they're Canon or Nikon, uh, and adapting them may or may not be something that you want to do. So deciding to switch to a new platform is probably going to involve buying some lenses. And so the good thing is, is that most Canon lenses and Nikon lenses, they hold their value really well. And so you can turn around and sell them and buy a few lenses for your new Sony camera. So if you have any questions or anything about the Sony a7 III, uh, this is a little different. It was just kind of a conversation about the camera, me sharing my thoughts about it. But I would love to hear your thoughts or maybe if there's some things that you uh, are concerned about in switching or haven't, I didn't address them in this video and you haven't been able to find answers for them online, definitely reach out to me, of course, through social media, ditch underscore auto, my personal social media at Jared Hill, or of course, you can go to ditchauto.com and shoot me a message there. I'll be putting up more video content on the Ditch Auto YouTube channel and the Ditch Auto course that is there to help you start shooting in manual mode will be updated soon, finally. And I've been working on getting that together 
together and uh, getting that updated for the mirrorless cameras because so many of us are shooting mirrorless. I wanted to be able to cover DSLR and mirrorless. So that video course is going to be updated. So if you haven't taken it yet, the course that's there is still good. It's just a little old, but you can go to learnwithjared.com and find the Ditch Auto course there, which is free and always available to you. So that's going to do it for the podcast episode today. Let me know what you think. Click on that subscribe button in whatever podcast app you are listening to this in. And of course, leave a review if there is an option such as in iTunes. I would greatly appreciate that. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for checking it out. And I hope to see you back in the next one. Take care.